Blog Talk Radio. tuning in tonight very special evening because we are in a tlc pregame show taking you up until eight o'clock when wwe's tlc will begin lots to talk about with that pay-per-view last pay-per-view of the year 2013 so we're gonna get on that lots to talk about with that pay-per-view you can go over check us out on facebook that's facebook.com slash the ken reedy show you want to go over there right now? We got a lot of stuff on on the page. Always have discussions on the Facebook. Go over there, like us, check out the Facebook page. On Twitter, our handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. That is at the Ken Reedy Show. So be sure to check that out on Twitter and of course our website, uh, thekenreedyshow.com. So be sure to check us out over there. Those are the ways you can get in touch with us. Kenry show we're talking pro wrestling as always each and every week we go through everything going on in pro wrestling and I got my tag team partner to help me make heads or tails out of everything going on as always tag team partner Dave is on the line Dave how you doing this evening Ken I am doing absolutely wonderful let's flip that coin and find out what tails what's heads and what's tails excuse me you got it. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on on the show. You guys have been great. Uh, it's been a real great year. And uh, as we discussed last week, we're going to be going on hiatus for the month of January. But next week, uh, we'll be back tomorrow night doing our Raw pregame show. And then next week, December 23rd, will be our final show of the year. And that will be our end-of-the-year awards show. Now, here's what's going on. We got the ballots up. The ballot is up on our Facebook page. Go and get the ballot. You can, you can vote in the comment section, or you can copy and paste the ballot and, and message me your ballot. We've got a, a bunch of ballots have come in, which is awesome. You guys are supporting the awards. Thank you so much for continuing to support us. We are going to close the balloting for the end-of-the-year awards tomorrow night. What the hell? We'll just say tomorrow night, once Raw is over, we're going to close the balloting. Because here's the deal, guys. We want to see if we can get some guests. So once we know the winners, we'll tally up the final votes. We'll get our winners together. And then we'll see if we can get some guests coming on uh, to accept the awards when we do our December 23rd awards show. I think we're going to go. We're going to make it a special show. 
So we're going to do the full two hours on December 23rd. So you want to check that out. So if you haven't gone over to Facebook, go check out the Facebook page. But I'm going to list for you right now what we have so far as our nominees. And just so you guys know, Dave and I are going to be meeting over the course of the week. We're going to come up with some other awards. So these are not the only awards that are going to be presented, but these are the awards you guys get to vote on. Get your votes in. If you don't like who's the winner, you only have yourself to blame. So here are the nominees for the Ken Reedy Show End of the Year Awards. The first award, Independent Promotion of the Year, HOH, BWO, and CTWE are nominated. Independent Wrestler of the Year, Preacher, Steve Off, and Ray Ray Mars are the nominees there. The nominees for Female of the Year, Brie Bella, Gail Kim, and A.J. Lee. Nominees for Pay-Per-View of the Year, WrestleMania 29, SummerSlam, and Money in the Bank. Here's a big category. I know there's a category that's really important to people. Match of the Year. Our nominees are John Cena versus CM Punk for Monday Night Raw in February. Uh, Gail Kim and Taryn Terrell, last knockout standing from Bound for Glory. Necro Butcher versus New Jack from PWS. Uh, it was WrestleMania weekend. And Triple H versus Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania 29. Those are the nominees for Match of the Year. Wrestler of the Year, Daniel Bryant, Bully Ray, Randy Orton, and CM Punk, all nominated in that category. And Manager of the Year, Paul Heyman, Zeb Coulter, Mike Ferrara are up for that award. And a resurgence this year, a, a genre of wrestling that we really like to watch. We have Tag Team of the Year, the Young Bucks, Goldust and Cody. <coughs> Excuse me. Rollins and Reigns. And we have Taz and Christopher Daniels are nominated for Tag Team of the Year. So get on our Facebook page. Get the ballot. Get your votes in. Again, voting will be closed tomorrow night. But lots of categories, lots of exciting stuff. And I'll tell you guys something right now. You'd be surprised where some of the voting is going. So if you have some favorites, be sure to get your votes in right away. And we're going to have some discussion topics next week. One of the things we discuss with our awards is that we want to kind of keep it positive, like, like a, a real awards show. You don't turn on the Oscars, and, and they, don't, they don't give you the nominees for, for crappiest movie of the year. You know, that you don't, you don't see uh, Rebecca Black going up there and, and winning a, a Grammy for, you know, crappiest song of the year. Uh, so we're not, we're not going to give out awards uh, for, for the negative. But there's going to be some discussion and some topics. And uh, one of the things we'll probably want to discussing is uh, maybe the biggest letdown or disappointment of, of the year 2013. And we'd love to have your input, so be sure to call us. So we'll be taking your calls next week as well. Interestingly enough, uh, when you talk about disappointments, coming out of WrestleMania weekend this year, uh, especially the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, Two of the hottest topics, the hottest wrestlers at that single moment, uh, arguably Dolph Ziggler and Fandango. Uh, probably the most talked about, at least, coming out of that Monday Night Raw, WrestleMania weekend. Now you have these two in the pre-show match at TLC. Interesting where these guys' careers are going. And, and quite honestly, Dave, you know, wonder what the future holds for both these guys. Yeah, it's interesting because last year um, at this very pay-per-view, TLC, Dolph Ziggler 
was in the main event. And when I mean main event, I mean the very last match on the show against John Cena in a ladder match for his Money in the Bank briefcase. And then six months later, he cashes in that briefcase the night after WrestleMania, arguably the biggest pop of the night, probably the biggest reaction of the year in front of the Slammy Award-winning crowd in East Rutherford, New Jersey, if I might add. And along with that crowd came the birth of the Fandangoing chant. And both guys are now, you know, Dolph was in the main event at the pay-per-view last year on the pre-show with Fandango, who we thought was going to have a great 2013. Um, and to be quite honest with you, from what I'm hearing, there might there are rumors that there might not be a Fandango uh, because WWE is involved in a trademark uh, controversy a lawsuit of, of sorts with um, the movie company Fandango.com uh, over trademarks of the name Fandango. So I don't know if the Fandango character will continue. Um, I mean, if the lawsuit takes place and, the, and WWE loses, we might not see Fandango anymore. It might be short-lived, and uh, the, the artist, formerly known as Johnny Curtis, might have to find another gimmick to perform under. But um, it's quite ironic that two talented guys like them um, are, are in a pre-show match. I mean, we've talked about it before. Sometimes they make those pre-show matches so they can pump the crowd up and get them ready for the pay-per-view. That's why they put RVD in one at SummerSlam, but to me, I mean, I thought big things were going to take place for Dolph Ziggler. And you know, he started out the year very hot, cashed in his money in the bank. Um, then after that, he had the concussion, the injury, and it just went downhill from there. So, um, and Fandango, I don't know what happened there either. But it, it's, it's kind of sad because both guys are very talented. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. You know, the old adage, and, and, and people love to say this commentating, like in football and everything, you know, you, you, you won't lose your starting spot uh, due to injury. And that, that's actually bullshit. Like, people, it happens all the time. And, uh, you know, for, for a guy like Dolph Ziggler, man, that, that concussion could not have come at a worse time uh, for his career. Now, I you know, I'm not privy to what goes on in the, in the offices, but, you know, he was hot at the time. People were into Dolph Ziggler. And it just seemed like, uh, you know, not his fault, but the concussion really kind of halted the momentum that uh, his career had garnered at, at that moment. And, you know, I, I think most of us would be in agreement that uh, regardless of where they go with Fandango, name-wise or otherwise, uh, maybe they'll call him Dan Fango. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try and get through, excuse me, I'm going to try and get through tonight uh, battling a bit of a cold, but uh, so excuse me very so often I have to gag and cough and... Uh, but we're going to get through this. Anyway, um, I think most of us would probably be in agreement that Fandango was going to kind of be a – it was going to be short-lived. It, it was a fun gimmick. Uh, you know, he's not bad in the ring. Um, but I don't know how any of us uh, or how many people out there saw the Fandango character having a, a lot of longevity. Um, I, I think this year is, is more shocking or uh, disappointing as far as Dolph Ziggler goes. I think uh, – we're watching him steadily build over time. And, you know, once he got to that Monday Night Raw, that that was really, you know, almost like Dolph Ziggler's coming out party. And, again, that concussion was so inopportune at the time it happened. Um, hopefully we see a resurgence uh, in 2014. I think uh, Dolph is extremely talented. Uh, but for tonight, last pay-per-view of 2013, when you look at where he was building in the beginning of the year, now – 
in a pre-show match. Uh, I, I just I, I think Dolph Ziggler's got all the talent in the world, and hopefully 2014 uh, winds up being a bigger year for him. Uh, you got any thoughts, Dave, on, on where you think this match is going to go prediction-wise? Um, I don't know. I mean, they've been kind of up and down, back and forth with Ziggler. Um, I mean, he had a series of matches with Sandow. Uh, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish there. Uh, maybe just putting him on TV because they knew that he could have exciting matches. Um, I, I I would go with a Ziggler win over Fandango. They, it seems like they would do something more with Ziggler than they would with Fandango, to be honest with you. And I'm going to agree with you there. I, I would say Fandango with the win. Uh, you know, again, looking towards the future, and I'm hoping, and who knows, but I do think that uh, the plans – there would be plans for Ziggler going forward. So I, I don't know where their plans would be for Fandango. I don't know if they'll repackage him in something else. Uh, but I think for the WWE, as far as talent goes, it, it's important uh, to rebuild Dolph Ziggler. So I'm looking for Ziggler to win tonight. And hopefully that, uh, you know, he garners some momentum going into 2014. But that guy's too talented uh, to just kind of be floundering about uh, in, I was going to say mid-car, but not even in pre-show uh, Purgatory. Anyway, one of the biggest stories to, to hit, and give us a call. What are your thoughts on the pay-per-view tonight? 347-838-9815 as we come out of the pre-show match, talking about one of the big stories that we heard tonight. Uh, A.J. Lee, who, uh, you know, one of the biggest impacts that we've seen out of a female in quite some time, maybe in a bit of hot water going into tonight's pay-per-view, Dave. Yeah, the... Uh... The story that I'm hearing is that she got involved in a um, verbal disagreement, which got very heated backstage at the, the tribute to the troops taping, which took place Wednesday night in uh, Washington State. Um, new details, as I'm reading, as I'm getting this right now, come from the Wrestling Observer editor Dave Meltzer, who was on the Figure Four Wrestling Online podcast this morning, and he talked about how. The word amongst everyone backstage at tonight's TLC pay-per-view, or this morning backstage at the pay-per-view, was that Lee had approached a, um, Beetle, Michelle Beetle from uh, Access Hollywood, uh, NBC Sports, I believe she also works for them, former ESPN anchor, um, and she was upset with her because of the way that she had spoken to Punk in a very disrespectful tone, I guess, from a prior conversation that had taken place between Punk and Beetle. Um, don't know how far. Being said, Michelle Beadle was a guest of WWE, and it seems like that WWE likes to treat the outsiders and the celebrities like they are family, and um, I guess she wasn't treated that way by AJ Lee, and officials are, are pretty much embarrassed with her behavior backstage at a big event like Tribute to the Troops, which is seen as like one of the most important days of the year for the company besides WrestleMania itself. So... Um, the, the word that I'm reading right now is that, and I'll read this to you right now, um, word amongst wrestlers backstage at today's WWE TLC pay-per-view in Houston, Texas, was that Lee did not approach Beatle due to jealousy, but because she had sp spoken to Punk in a disrespectful tone. Lee approached Beatle after Beatle had a conversation with Punk, not during a conversation between the two as had been previously reported. Beetle had remarked something to Punk in a disrespectful manner that allegedly upset him, which led to Lee searching for her. What Beatles said cannot be confirmed. It is said that Lee approached a popular TV personality and told her that she was not to speak to her boyfriend in that manner again, and if she did, there would be a problem. 
One wrestler who witnessed the incident is denying the claim of Lee raising her voice and cursing at Beetle. In quotes, anyone who said that is a liar, said the wrestler, who spoke under the condition of anonymity. Since Beetle is a celebrity, there is heat over Lee over the ordeal. The same wrestler remarked, celebs are untouchable in the backstage scene. WWE wants them more than they need any wrestler, so automatically the wrestler is going to be wrong here, even when Lee isn't really. Beetle acknowledged rumors of an incident with Lee this morning on Twitter in response to a fan remark to her this morning on the social media outlet. You should have slapped AJ Lee when she got in your face, Beetle stated. Meh, I thought it was a joke. She then added in response to an upset AJ Lee fan, Hun, it was done in front of company people. I didn't say a word. I thought it was a joke. So, right there, depending on what story's true, conflicted or not, AJ Lee did something that upset company officials, and there's some miscommunication, a misunderstanding amongst all parties, and it was handled poorly. So, what does that mean for tonight's title match? Well, AJ's had the belt since June. It wouldn't surprise me before this incident if she had dropped the title tonight because she had been running through the Total Divas cast, and the only one that she hadn't really decisively defeated was Natalia. And it seems like they got big things groomed for Natalia. So I, I would have thought before this incident Natalia had a good chance of taking the title. I think she's even got a better chance now because the rumor is, is that they do have plans to reprimand her in some way, shape, or form. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame. I mean, she's had quite a, a year this year, uh, you know, and we've talked about it, and we'll get into, like, other, you know, especially with the year-end awards coming up, uh, but I think the WWE's done a good job at, at, you know, making the other secondary titles matter at least a little bit more over the course of this year, and putting the right people in place uh, for, for these titles, and AJ Lee has had one of the biggest impacts a female has had in quite some time, uh, both in-ring and with her, her verbiage outside the ring. Um, you know, her quote pipe bomb, <coughs> excuse me, one of the best uh, promos we've, we've heard out of a female in, in quite some time. I mean, one of the best promos of the year in my book. I mean, male or female, it was a great promo, um, but... Uh, you know, you kind of get that impression as a fan that, you know, wrestlers and or superstars, uh, divas are, you know, they'll come and go, but they, uh, they, they want the celebrities there. They want that celebrity notoriety. Uh, they, they want those guys, uh, you know, on their TV. Uh, you know, they, 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 that's important to the WWE. And, uh, you know, this sort of uh, scenario happening between uh, – Beetle and AJ is definitely uh, something that you could see uh, WWE officials frowning on. And I, I, would, I would agree with you, Dave. I, I think that uh, there would have been a good shot of Natalia winning. I think Natalia is, is the right one out of the, the Divas uh, TV show. If they're going to, to put the belt on, on anyone, I think Natalia is the right one. Um, you know, it's, it's just they're so high on this TV show. I just to me they were going to put the belt on someone on the show and Natalia to like I just said is is the right one so uh, before this incident I, I may have even gone with Natalia uh, po- post this incident uh, I'm pretty confident in my prediction so going into this match tonight uh, my pick for this diva match it would be Natalia how about you 
Yeah, I would have to say so. I mean, they put a lot of focus on her on the Total Divas show itself, and the rumors are that they want to incorporate more of the Total Divas show onto Monday Night Raw, where they almost kind of break down each three hours and have at least some form of the Total Divas cast on Raw, or they lead to it, whether it be something involving one of the Funkadactyls who's in a relationship with one of the Usos, to Natalia and Tyson Kidd. They want to incorporate that and kind of spread that out more over the television show and incorporate it into the WWE storyline. So it wouldn't surprise me if they had her win the championship tonight. And plus, it may also makes for a great story on Total Divas, too. For those who do watch it, Natalia feels like she's just the good employee that does whatever she's told by the company and doesn't feel like she gets rewarded for it, never says no, always does what the company asks of her, maybe this championship win tonight possibly would make for a good story on the next season of Total Divas, which I don't know when it's going to air, but they've already been renewed for a second season. So I, I, I see Natalia taking a title. I'll be surprised if AJ Lee doesn't, doesn't lose tonight. I would agree with you there. I think we're looking at Natalia. The one thing that, as you say, like surprise and winning and losing, the one thing that did surprise me is I, I don't think, and, you know, we'll talk next week and see how the voting pans out, but I was surprised as far as the WWE goes and, and women that have had impact over the course of this year. Now, granted, it's the fans voting. I'm, I'm fairly surprised that AJ Lee did not win Slammy for Diva of the Year, because in the WWE, now granted our awards show, it's across the board, so who knows, but in the WWE, I don't think there was any other female that had as big an influence on on the year, and, and as, as far as putting female wrestling on the map and, and giving that title a little bit more boost, I, to me, AJ Lee was the most important Diva in the WWE over the course of the 2013 uh, year, but did not come away with that slammy. I would, I would have to agree with you there, Ken, although the only, the only thing that I could say about that is, is that for, for fans like us and Internet fans and, and even some old-school wrestling fans who still watch, like we talked about earlier, that, that, you know, that are hooked, we're a small minority to the WWE audience now. We're almost that, like, you know, yeah, we hooked them 10, 15 years ago. They'll always watch regardless. And the point I'm trying to make here is that the larger majority of the audience is what currently watches WWE today that have maybe been watching for the past three, four, five years at the most. Fairly newer fans, I should say. And I think some of these fans, I wouldn't say that they believe all the hype with the storylines, but, you know, some of these girls do a great job at, you know, AJ especially at people hating her. So I think that's an internet audience that that, that would that would more or less vote for her. Um, I think also the association of Brie Bella with Daniel Bryan helps in storylines too. So maybe they felt maybe the, maybe the fans thought, okay, well that's Daniel Bryan's girlfriend, we have to vote for her. Um, and, and Nikki too, that's John Cena's girlfriend, we have to vote for her. So I think the fans kind of like. Some of them are the, are the younger audience, I should say, that vote on that app, that have a cell phone, because a lot of young kids do have cell phones nowadays, that are more inclined to kind of follow the storyline and go with it, so to speak, as opposed to, like, looking back on it. I think, overall, it's just a younger audience, and that's why the Bellas got the vote, because they're good guys, good girls, I should say, and 
everyone, you know, votes for the good girls, or the, you know, the good guys, so to speak. Kind of like what we did when we were younger. We we looked at we liked good guys. We hated bad guys. Whereas opposed to as you get older, you get a little smarter. You you watch more wrestling. You study it. You like who you like because of certain things, not because that's a good guy and that's a bad guy. If you know what I mean? If you if you can't understand where I'm going with it. I agree, yeah, and I totally see that. I mean, if I, as a kid, if if this was around, I, I probably wouldn't have voted for AJ because, you know, as a kid, did you love the faces, you hate the heels, and AJ was great at that. I mean, I think AJ had a, had a very pivotal year, a pretty amazing year for a female. Uh, interesting enough, because we've had two pay-per-views now at the WWE, that the go-home show, uh, the Raw go-home, was a gimmick. Uh, we had Raw Goes Country, and then this this past week we had the Slammy Awards. Um, interesting, I, I think it's like a tale of two pay per views. Uh, as much as I'm I'm of of the mindset that I don't really feel like Raw as Country did the best job at, at setting up the pay per view. However, I thought the Slammy Awards were well done. Uh, they were better than I thought they would be. Uh, the awards were short and sweet. The speeches were short and sweet. The matches were decent. And you know what, Dave? I mean, there's there's some hemming and hawing across the Internet, as there always will be uh, a lot of debate on who should have won what. I mean, we're debating right here about A.J. Lee versus Brie Bella. However, you know, I didn't have a, 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 a horrible disagreement with uh, – most of the win- winners of, of the Slammy Awards, and I, and I thought it was a decent show. But I thought, uh, you know, at least it, you know you could sit there and talk about being a fan and say, well, I wanted this person to win. But you got to take yourself back and think, well, is it egregious, uh, you know, that that someone won this award or uh, you know a match won this or or this one? And and I, I don't think there's any egregious uh, mistakes or. or you know, awards given uh, at the Slammys. I, I thought overall it was it was a real decent show. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the category. Some of the categories I didn't really care for, um, but a lot of the categories were was was uh, done on WWE.com before the before the show went on the air on TV. So um, anyhow, um, overall the show was pretty good. Um, the one gripe that I have is with the Internet. Um, and maybe it's because I'm biased because I was there, but um, John Cena and The Rock deserve to be in match of the year category. All all four of those matches did. If you would have to take one match out of that category and replace it with something, I would have put Daniel Bryan and John Cena over the Triple H Brock Lesnar cage match or even the CM Punk Brock Lesnar match from SummerSlam over the Brock Lesnar Triple H cage match. But, Cena and Rock stole it at WrestleMania, in my opinion. Because CM Punk and Undertaker wrestled, it was a great match. It told a good story. It was an awesome match, but it wasn't better than Rock and Cena, in my opinion. Rock and Cena had a year-long build and a better story than Punk and Undertaker. But because his name is CM Punk and the internet gets a boner for him, that he, had to, he, he must win match of the year. Otherwise, they riot. What do you riot on? Your keyboards? Your smartphones? Like, what do you do? Like, what's your version of rioting? That's what I want to know. You want to make your voice heard? Use the goddamn app. They build that thing more than the Intercontinental Championship on TV every week. Get the app and then vote. And then maybe CM Punk and Undertaker would have won match of the year. 
Rock and Cena was awesome. It was better than the year before. And the year before was still good, even though Rock had ring rust. That match was damn good, and it stole the show. And it had more highs and lows than Undertaker and CM Punk did, in my opinion. But the internet all week wants to bash it and troll it because it's John Cena. It's John Cena. I would love to see if the internet was around when Hulk freaking Hogan was in his heyday. Honest to God, because that's all they do is bash John Cena. I would have loved to have seen if there was Internet and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff when Hogan was on top. I bet you the same thing would have happened to Hulk Hogan. And I love Hogan. I think he's great. But I bet you the same thing would have happened. Bottom line is the match deserved to be in the category because it was an awesome match. And Rock wrestled 15 more minutes and still put on a great match with a torn abdomen. Go figure, right? Go figure. So you sit there and you blast those guys because they didn't deserve to win match of the year. You should have voted. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, you know, it's, it's funny because part of my, me with, with wrestling that, you know, it, it's the suspense factor. And we talked about this on the show. Like, that's why I, I'm not into everyone in the Internet. You know, they go, Gaga, bring Sting on. We want to sing Sting Undertaker at WrestleMania. I don't. Because there's no suspense for me. There's no way on God's green earth that Taker's losing the state. So bring them on. I mean, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to talk about. But that does nothing for me. And for me, going into the match, I mean, I thought both matches were very good matches at WrestleMania. But I honestly, I didn't think there was really any shot that CM Punk was going to win. I just, I, I, I didn't. I, I, you know, the suspense wasn't there for me. I thought, you know, they did a good job telling the story. I, I thought it was a real good match. But for me, there was suspense with uh, Cena and Rock. Um, you know, could Rock have, have won again? I didn't necessarily think that it was a slam dunk that John Cena had to win this year and they were going to go one and one. Um, I thought it was a good possibility, but there was some suspense there for me. I thought they both put on a good show, different styles. Uh, they told the story. Uh, there was there was desperation for John Cena and John Cena's character. Um, I liked it, and and you know, to me, like that's one of those things. Like you, you kind of start splitting hairs, and it's kind of like what you're saying, Dave. I mean, all right, maybe you thought that Punk Taker should have won Match of the Year, and I that's fine. I get that. That was a real good match, but but stop splitting hairs. Like is is it egregious? And, and I don't think it's it's an egregious mistake. That, that Cena and Rock won. I, I Like you're saying, Dave, they belong there, I, and they, they happen to win. I, I wouldn't have been like going batshit crazy if, if Punk and Taker won, because they belong to be there, too. And we can debate on and on, and it's, it's a year. It's 365 days of like picking matches, and there are a lot of great matches. We had trouble here on our show trying to figure out uh, nominees for Match of the Year, and that took a lot of debate and breaking ties and, and what have you. So, I mean, I get it. But the match deserved to be in the category. And you know what? If you deserve to be nominated, then you deserve to win. And I, I'm okay with that match winning. Uh, you know, and, and I thought the show as a whole was a very good show. I think the show uh, put over the pay-per-view. And in contrasting, again, going back to Raw's country and how that did nothing going into the pay-per-view, this did more for me. Almost because of giving awards and recognizing greatness and recognizing the greatness over the course of the year, um, going into a unification title match, um, 
it, to me, it, it really kind of beefed it up, just having this, this night, this, this, this spectacle of giving these awards out. And then the way the night ended with all the greatness in the ring. I mean, you had the greatness throughout the show, uh, guys coming out, legends coming out, uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Bret Hart, uh, Lawler and Booker uh, hosting the show. You know, it just kind of had this, like, special feeling. And then the ending uh, just loaned itself that real special feeling. I think this paper did a lot, this, this Raw did a lot to put over this pay-per-view, Dave. Yeah, it certainly did. Um, I mean, with, with the appearances of, you know, like, you, like the names you mentioned, um, the, 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 the final segment uh, and the importance of that, and it really raised the importance of the main event for tonight. Um, you know, and, and even furthered some storylines as far as, you know, the Shield goes, for instance. The Shield presented an award. I forget. I think it was Double Cross of the Year, I want to say. that. Yeah, it was Double Cross of the Year. And, uh, you know, all three guys, first of all, they came out in suits, looked pretty damn sharp. They came out from the regular entryway, not through the crowd. I thought that was interesting, too. And uh, thirdly, they, they, they played up the friction that the, that the Shield has had, or at least Ambrose has had with, with uh, Roman Reigns um, for the past couple of weeks now, um, which then eventually led into um, the match later in the night with Ambrose uh, and Punk. And Ambrose told those guys to leave because he, he didn't need them, and he lost the match. Um, so it, it, they, they accomplished a lot of things. They got people watching because of the names and the star power. They got they advanced storylines and built them really well to get you excited for the pay-per-view. And overall, they just made it feel like a special night because it was an award show. Because you guys, you saw guys in different settings, and you know, overall, it was just a. It, it felt important. It was it was worth the three hours, at least in my opinion. Um, and it, it even furthered some stuff that could possibly take place after the pay-per-view, which we will get into later. Yeah, I mean, I thought everything worked for that show. I thought. Uh... I thought it was a well-put-together show. The pacing was there. The matches were good. They had the right stars uh, giving out the right matches. Uh, you know, I, I absolutely love the fact that, you know, Bret Hart was giving out match of the year. Uh, you know, there's just it just worked. And that last segment was just tremendous. And, again, I, I, I think they did a real nice job of the, uh, the, the raising ceremony. And uh, what, what are they called? Was it the raising ceremony? The Ascension Ceremony. Thank you. The Ascension Ceremony. So, uh, you know, somebody's I, I, got to pay attention on cool. this show. What was that? Somebody's got to pay attention on this show. Jesus. <laughs> the Ascension Ceremony. I know it was going up. The going up yeah. ceremony. Um, it was Ascension. The Ascension Ceremony. Um, but I, I, I thought they did a real nice job with that. I, I thought, you know, it, it was cool. It was a cool... Uh, a uh, little rack they have up there for both championships to be latched onto. Uh, uh, you know, I, I thought the the greatness in the ring added to it, and then uh, you know, lots of of melee happening. And uh, you know, not that you know, I, I don't want to get. We're going to get into predictions a little bit later on. But what I have found interesting over the course of of moving into this this bout, and we've talked about this, and it's all over the internet. Uh, you know, what does this mean? And we and we've paid close attention to the language being used, you know, are they saying unification? Are they saying, and they've said unification quite a bit. They have said, you know, this is the last time you're going to see these two championships on Monday night raw. Uh, they have said almost at nauseum, there's going to be one champion. Um, 
you know, you, you do when you hear about something like this and a pay-per-view that's not one of the, the big four, uh, a pay-per-view that who knows what the buys are going to be. But as Dave pointed out last week, uh, you know, historically, you know, not the best-selling pay-per-view. Um, you know, it does loan itself to to thinking that there there could be a, a screwy finish. But they've, they've really gone out of their way, Dave, to use language that they are saying there's going to be one guy. There's going to be one unified champion. So the way they have used that language over the past couple of weeks, I kind of feel like that if they have a screwy finish, it's really going to piss off fans that much more because they've really let us down this road of there's going to be one champion. Uh, without getting into predictions, we're going to get into it a little later on, but do you feel like one guy is going to come out or are we going to have something fishy tonight? Uh, you know, after seeing what's taken place on television over the past few weeks, there's two things. One, We've seen in the fall of this past year some screwy finishes to pay-per-views, at least to, you know, three or four of them, um, from Night of Champions all the way, possibly till, actually till Survivor Series, Night of Champions, Battleground, Hell in the Cell, and Survivor Series. And it hasn't done any favors for the audience that want to see a decisive winner of a main event championship match, whatever, okay? Me, it's part of a storyline. Do I would I like to see it sometimes? Yes, absolutely. But do I mind if something screwy takes place? No, I'm not. I'm 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 not big on that. I, it doesn't it doesn't bother me like it bothers most people. I can understand why it bothers people, but it doesn't. At least for me, um, would it surprise me if they had something screwy take place tonight? Yes. It, or no, it wouldn't surprise me. Excuse me. But if they do some sort of screw job kind of finish. You better. It better be something damn good that nobody's seen out of left field to be like, oh, you know what? Okay, all right. I I, I get why they're doing this, and it, and it better lead to something even better, at least in my opinion. But they keep hammering the point home and hammering the point home. Um, I think this 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 unification thing was done out of desperation to get more pay per view buys for this month because of the past few months and the pay per view business, at least for WWE, has declined a little bit. So I. I'm going to lean towards that, yeah, you will see one champion at the end of the night. They may, if, there may be some sort of convoluted way that it gets to that point, but you will see somebody, one person walking out, the champion of champions, unified champion, undisputed, whatever they're going to call it. There will be, one, there will be a, a winner at the end of the night. Um, and you know, we will go into predictions later, but... Um, like I said, it does not surprise me in the least bit if they do something screwy because they, they've been doing it for the past four pay-per-views. So I would hope they wouldn't do it again, but it's not going to shock me either. But like I said, you better have something damn good to, to, to follow up on that if you're going to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're similar fans like that. Like, I, if the story's being told, I, I really don't, I don't get bent out of shape with the uh, – winning cleanly, you know, uh, screwy finishes. If it's still telling the story, I, I, I don't get bent out of shape. Uh, but the one thing that I found, like, I, I, I do totally agree with you, Dave, that it should be something that we really don't see coming um, because of the language that they've used. You know, one of the things that, that, that I thought, and I'm not going to tell you my predictions yet, I'm going to get to it, but one of the things that I think we discussed was, you know, 
could we see something where the titles switch and each guy grabs the other guy's belt and they both fall off the ladders at the same time and then we don't have, you know, a definitive winner. Now that's that's something that, you know, when when this match was originally booked, I was like, well, I could I could really see that happening. Over the past couple weeks, like I said, the language that is being used, they continue to say there's going to be one. We're unifying the champion. They they just have beaten us over the head with this this there's going to be one, which has kind of pulled me away from my initial thought that we could have both guys pull down a belt and then we wouldn't know, you know, who's the unified champion. Um, I, I just feel like they've really made it a point, even just with the Ascension Ceremony and, and how the announcers kept saying this is the last time you'll see both belts. And they've really just driven that point home. And so if there is, if there is a screwy finish where two guys walk away with belts again, uh, it, it's something that then, then you'd have to blame the WWE uh, for for the language they're using, because they really beat us over the head, and they they're promising, you know, they're promising us that we're going to get a, a unified champion. They've gone a, above and beyond to use the sort of language to tell us that there is going to be one definitive champion. So if we don't get that tonight, I, I got to put the blame on the WWE for how they've led us up to this point, because it's going, it's it's almost you know. It's like Christmas time, and you're 90% sure that you're getting the, the toy you've wanted over the course of the year, and then, you know, you get socks. You know, and that's that's really – so, I, I mean, the WWE has done so much to really get us to buy into this idea that we're going to see one unified champion. I, I hope that they wind up delivering uh, because I, I, I don't think the reviews of this pay-per-view are going to be great if we don't see at least one – at least one. We, we just don't. If we don't see one unified champion at the end of tonight, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We gave you some predictions. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Monday Night Raw going into tonight. A TLC pay per view, last pay per view of two thousand thirteen. So lots of stuff going on. We're going to go right out to the phones now because you know it's been a while. But we got Mister Trivia on the line. Mister Trivia, how you doing this evening? Hey guys, how are you? Doing all right. How are you? Good. Dave, pleasure to talk to you again. Ken, it's a pleasure. Uh, we have, yeah, we have an interesting uh, pay-per-view tonight, the TLC match. Uh, should be interesting to supposedly unify the championship. I don't see the, I don't see it happening, but uh, my prediction, I think now, I don't know, you know, Dave, you're probably going to laugh or fall off the chair or something when I give you this, but... Uh, I don't know. I got this feeling you might, uh, what's the possibility of seeing a uh, Chris Jericho there tonight? And uh, poss- possibility of uh, maybe each guy grabbing their their titles. I know, Ken, you mentioned something about grabbing each other's title. But what's the chances of them grabbing their own titles at the same time? having no definitive winner and leaving a unification match for WrestleMania. I, I mean, it's, I mean, anything's possible. Um, you know, it's funny you, you mentioned Jericho because Jericho tweeted today uh, that he was done in uh, Australia, I believe, and uh, said, I'm on my way to Houston, then said, just kidding, and then wrote, or am I? 
So, uh, you know, uh, do we have a Jericho sighting? I know, like, a few people, uh, you know, when you troll around the Internet, you see what people are, are thinking. And, you know, with all this stuff, like, I, I like to at least just see, like, where, where the, the, the winds of opinion are, are going. And there was talk, do we have, you know, someone else run out, run a platter, and grab both belts where – Cena and, and, and Orton are incapacitated and someone else runs out. Do we have, uh, or like could, could Chris Jericho wind up doing that? The, uh, the first unified champion, like the he undisputed champion, does he come out or, uh, a few, few places, uh, I was, I was told around saying, what if triple H, you know, King of Kings where, uh, you know, and that would so solidify him as such a, a number one heel does, does he come out? Cena and Orton are knocked unconscious, and Triple H runs out and grabs both belts off the top. I mean, th- these are all things that it's professional wrestling. So as much we could sit here and say in the context of the rules of the match, that shouldn't happen. But any anything could happen. But uh, I- I'm curious your, your thoughts. I mean, you're, you're thinking now, so your prediction is you don't think that we're going to get a unified champion. Do you think that's, that's necessarily a good thing? I mean, do you want to see a unified champion? Do you think it's a mistake for the WWE if they don't give us a unified champion? No, because uh, I think the WWE has kind of been, uh, you know, dropping the ball on their main events in the last couple of pay-per-views. And, uh, you know, like you guys said, I believe Dave said the last four. And um, maybe they could you know, do the unification championship tonight. It's possible. I think in my prediction, but that's why I'm sitting here and those guys are getting paid the big money because they know what they're doing. I just uh, state state my opinion, and that's a beautiful thing about calling this show and talking to you guys because we can talk about anything we want. And uh, But that's just the thing that I see. I mean, if the WWE will unify the title tonight, that you know, that would be great. You know, more power to them. I hope that uh, if they do it, that I hope Randy Orton wins. But um, we'll just have to see what happens. Or unless, you know, they might have a Scooby-Doo sighting or something. We'll see. <laughs> but, hey, guys, great. Have yourselves a nice holiday. If I don't get a chance to talk to you, I'll be listening. And uh, Dave and Ken, it was a pleasure calling you guys again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Nice hearing from you. Have a good holiday yourself. Thank you very much. Same to you, buddy. Take care. And there you have it, Mr. Trivia giving us his thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, this is one of those matches that uh, there's a lot of speculation. There's, you know, a lot of fans, uh, myself being one of them, that has wanted to see these belts unified for uh, quite some time. So it, it'd be interesting to see how exactly this plays out. You know, it was interesting what Mr. Trivia said when he, he stated, you know, having the unification bout at WrestleMania it does seem as much as you know the the these the ascension and the the belts being suspended above the ring and uh, it being a TLC match adds a, a, another element to it but the unification match does have that kind of wrestlemania feel to it just you know the thought of a unification match you know but it's a long way off to try and drag out unifying since you you've wet our appetite to drag that out to WrestleMania, don't you think, Dan? I mean, if you, if you, if you're, I, I could understand why Mr. Trivia would think that they would kind of fool us again, but I mean, let's face it. If they do some sort of weird finish tonight for that match, where neither guy gets both titles, or one swaps with the other, or whatever, if they grab the same one, 
and then they they talk about unifying the belt at WrestleMania. I mean, you got to wait five months for that after you've already, like you said, wet our appetite, so to speak. So I don't think that's going to happen. I I personally think it will take place. As far as the Jericho thing goes, the Jericho thing is very interesting. Like you said, he was on Twitter, but he was also the very first undisputed champion of the WWE. Um, he beat The Rock and Steve Austin in the same night in this month, in December, uh, in the year 2001, which was, you know, 12 years ago. So um, I think that it's possible, not tonight, but maybe, you know, whoever wins this undisputed unification, champion of champions, collaboration, whatever you want to call it kind of match, I think Jericho at some point will have some involvement with them um, when he returns, whether it be during the WrestleMania season like he normally does or if it's, you know, somewhere down the line later in 2014. But, um, you know, Jericho does lay claim to that undisputed championship title being the first one ever. So it, it would make for some good television, and you've got the history right there. Um, it just all depends on who's holding the belt or belts at the time. Yeah, Chris Jericho invented the undisputed champion. He invented a lot of things. I mean, you go on the Internet, you you find how many things he invented. He invented everything but. Al Gore invented the Internet, and Chris Jericho invented everything else. (laughs) I think, you know what? uh, Jericho might tell you he invented Al Gore. So if he invented Al Gore, then he invented the Internet as well. Well, lots of stuff coming out of Monday Night Raw. Lots, and we're going to get more into this unification bout because it is it is one of the most historical nights in WWE history. So uh, we're going to get more into that. But going back to Monday Night Raw um, and, and what's been going on over the past few weeks, and you know what? It's funny. You want to do Faction of the Year at Slammys? It almost it almost seems silly to me to, to give that award because it's it's just not even close. And and I love what the Wyatts have done and. You know, there have been other other factions over the course of the year, but the Shield has just been uh, unbelievable. I mean, what a, what an incredible year for those guys, uh, you know, breakout performers as, as a unit. Um, I like the subtleties that we're seeing right now. We're seeing some chinks in the armor going into tonight's pay-per-view, a uh, handicap match with CM Punk. Uh, should be a, a good match. I thought, uh, you know, on, on SmackDown where he had the promo where uh, CM Punk was in the basement. Uh, perhaps uh, CM Punk, when he put his fist uh, to the camera, uh, should have picked uh, maybe both fists or something because it looked like he was promoting drug use because uh, CM Punk has drug-free, had to drug on one set of knuckles and free on the other hand. And... Uh, he put up the drug knuckle, so uh, as he put his fist towards the camera, it's like, drug. Uh, but that being said, uh, it was a decent promo. They're building it well, and with chinks in the armor of the shield, they're at least giving you a sense that uh, maybe CM Punk can exploit those uh, weaknesses right now. But uh, it's been interesting to see how this this faction has built over the year, uh, the incredible year they've had, and now the, the little chinks in the armor we're starting to see over the past few weeks, Dave. Yeah, um, I think it's. A, I mean, as much as I like the Shield, I'm liking what they what the buildup has been towards them eventually breaking up. It's very evolution Batista like with Ambrose the leader, um, not being so fond of the other guys, but more importantly, uh, you know, having his disagreements with 
won Roman Reigns, similar to what happened with Triple H and Batista um, when the Batista Evolution split took place. So, um, I don't know when it's going to happen, but, I mean, I think they're going to build this. I, I think this will probably take place either at WrestleMania or after WrestleMania. But as far as tonight's match goes, I think we're going to see more of the disagreements between Ambrose and the other two um, leading to a Punk victory. I think Punk's going to capitalize on it, and it's going to help set Punk up going into next year as one of the big names and big faces during WrestleMania season. And it might set something up for him and uh, uh, Randy Orton and possibly Triple H, which I'll get into later. Of course, Super Punk is going to win. (laughs) Most most powerful faction in wrestling, but of course, him alone... Super Punk a- is going to become victorious against these three monsters. Of course, that's how it's going to play out. He's Iron Punk. <laughs> I have a little fun, but yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. You know, as you you point out a lot, the love fest continues. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I I think that this is going to be a, a way to facilitate, uh, you know, CM Punk starting to to move back up into that main event. Uh, the title picture, and uh, I think we're going to expose a little more weaknesses in the Shield, and, and I think that's how we're going to see CM Punk win. We're going to see, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those instances where, you know, you you know, you know, watch a, a game in sports, and it's like, well, did, did one team win or did the other team lose? Uh, I think it's going to be that sort of scenario tonight. I think we're going to see a situation where it's almost going to be like, the Shield loses more than CM Punk wins, and I think they're going to lose uh, due to the friction within the group right now. There's going to be some mishap that's going to happen that's really going to accelerate the uh, the breakup moving forward, and, and you know it's probably going to be sometime during the WrestleMania season that we'll see uh, you know more of a definitive breakup. But uh, I think we're going to see the uh, the friction within the group exacerbated uh, during this match. So. I am predicting CM Punk as well to to win this match, uh, even though it is the the best faction probably in wrestling right now. CM Punk will uh, come out victorious uh, in this handicap match. Interesting that they put them put him in this handicap match, and uh, you know we saw some stuff at the end of Monday Night Raw that was real interesting. What do you see like going forward, Dave? As far as where you think CM Punk will wind up uh, coming out of this feud with the Shield? I think it's going to have to do with the – I think he'll be involved more heavily with the authority than anything else. Um, I think it will lead to, um, like I said, something with Orton, something with Triple H. Um, There's been rumors of a Triple H-CM Punk match at WrestleMania. Um, We saw some interaction between the two of them on Monday night in that closing segment, as well as some interaction with Punk and Randy Orton. There's been also a rumor of Orton and Punk for the title at WrestleMania. Um, it even goes back to when CM Punk returned back in June of, of this past year, and he had said that his goal in mind is to be back in the WWE Championship hunt. So I think, you know, defeating the Shield tonight and having him involved in a big storyline with the authority, he won't be the um, the, the, the option storyline, so to speak, whereas, like, you know, Cena's always the number one, and then it's like kind of like Punk and Brian and, like, underneath. I think Punk will be in the forefront of things going 
towards the rest of 2014 with the authority, regardless of who it is. Maybe he'll have a little bit of a run with Kane. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I see him involved with the authority heavily. And his, the, way the, the way the authority is on television and the way his character is, it's just common that, you know, it would be a natural clash between the authority and an anti-authority character like CM Punk. So it's, it's a matter of time before that really comes to a head. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how this match plays out. It should be a very entertaining match. Uh, looking for bigger and brighter things. Uh, you know, Sam Punk has been quite an incredible performer and uh, looking to, to move back up the echelon over the course of uh, the beginning of 2014, heading into the big one, WrestleMania 30. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're talking WWE TLC, the last pay-per-view of the year. We want to know your thoughts, predictions, Perhaps the most historical night in WWE history, the unification of the World Championship and the WWE Championship. What are your thoughts? What's going to happen? Are we going to get a champ? Are we going to get a screwy finish? A bunch of other matches to talk about. We're going to go out to the phones. we got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. What are your thoughts on TLC? Uh, I'm looking forward to... Um... I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with Punk versus The Shield, as well as Daniel Bryan versus the uh, the Wyatts. Um, you know, maybe Daniel Bryan's partners are going to be God and Jesus, I think. Um, <laughs> but but I, I don't know. Um, talking about Monday Night Raw, I like Monday Night Raw. I like the setups. Triple H versus Punk sounds right. I heard that a possible guest referee... Um, might might be uh, appointed for that match, a special enforcer for that match. I, I understand. I'm, I'm hearing so, and and I'm hearing glass breaking out of that whole deal. Who do you think is the special enforcer going to be? Well, I heard today that it might be Stone Cold. Really? Supposedly they want to bring back Stone Cold for WrestleMania 30, and I heard he doesn't want to wrestle. I heard he, he would do a special guest referee role. Yeah, that works for me if that's, if that's out there. Well, that's what I heard. I don't know how true it is. You know, you hear things throughout the year, and, uh, you know, it just, you know, you hear things. Um, Monday Night Raw was pretty funny because at the end of Monday Night Raw, we've seen a, a little bit of, a, it wasn't like, you know, all it, this happened when Randy Orton looked up and he saw John Cena standing next to the authority. It just looked like it was a fit. So maybe John Cena heel turn tonight, possibly. It's funny, man. You know, it's, it's like sacrilege to bring up that that subject matter, but um, yeah, you know, I, I'm never going to bet the farm on on a heel turn. But it was it was an interesting picture at the end of Raw where Orton is is down and, and looking up, and and there's John Cena standing there with the authority. Now, again, for for me. It's another setup that would work uh, for a heel turn. I think this would work well because John Cena is the face of the company, and he's been for quite some time. Uh, you know, a, a heel turn and allying with the authority uh, could work. Um, it would be interesting to see where they go with that. Uh, I, I tend to, with, with you know, recent history, to, to say that I, I don't think it'll happen, but. I do agree with you. The way Raw ended with just that picture of Cena standing there with the authority, 
was enough at least to, to get you thinking a little bit. Yes, and uh, and also there's a rumor going out there that Shawn Michaels is going to first uh, um, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. It's going to be called student versus the teacher match, and uh, that's what I'm also hearing about that. But I'm looking forward to TLC tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing um, all the matches. Um, Fandango versus Ziggler works for me. Um, as much as I like Ziggler, I think that I'd rather see that than a, a championship match um, to the pre-show. So that's that's one good thing about that. Um, I like all the matches. I like that tag team match. That looks pretty good. The um, Divas match looks very good. I want Natalya to win. I ultimately think she deserves it. Um, you know, you guys are talking about AJ Lee cutting a promo. AJ Lee, I think, is very jealous that she wasn't picked for the Total Divas. Um, so I think that's where that stemmed from. You know, AJ Lee is a very jealous person, and I, I, I think that's where that whole promo, you know, st- 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 came from. Because she wanted to be like the next CM Punk and drop a pipe bomb. And she did. She just succeeded because everybody was listening to her. But that's what I that's what I ultimately think um, about about these matches. I mean, TLC is a great setup to what's going to be like you guys call it a WrestleMania se- a WrestleMania season. So I think we're going to just have to um, to wait and see. I think the buy rate's going to be down because of Christmas time. But I mean, I don't know if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to get it because this, you may not see something again like this. It's it's a good point. I mean, if we get that that bona fide uh, unified champion at the end of this, it is something that uh, you know you, you don't see it every year. You know, so it is something that as a wrestling fan uh, you want. I think that there's you know wrestling fans are kind of cautiously optimistic and hoping that we get a, that definitive finish. And you know, again, I don't care if there's a run in or I I just hope it, it works. I hope the storytelling is is good, and I hope we get a a unified champion. Mike, thanks a lot for giving us a call. All right. Well, well, thank you guys for having me. And thank you for also, I, I've been nominated for the manager of the year, which I don't think I'm going to get, but I, I do think I deserve. But, you know, that's for another uh, story for another day. Is the awards going to be announced tomorrow night? No, we're going we're gonna to close voting tomorrow night, and then we're going to do the awards show uh, next Monday, December 23rd. All right, guys. But, but it was a pleasure talking to both of you gentlemen, and let's hope for a good pay-per-view. And uh, my prediction is John Cena is going to take it. Oh, okay, so we got a John Cena prediction. Thanks a lot for the call, Mike. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's funny because it is a pay-per-view. And, and I'd be curious. I, I think that the buy rate will probably be down comparative to other pay-per-views. I'd be curious comparing it to other December pay-per-views. Uh, I would hope that the buy rate at least would be a little bit up. Uh, compared to other December pay-per-views having a unification bout. But, you know, as far as buy rates go, I mean, they're they're fun to look at. You know, you, you can throw them around. They're, they're fun if you're trying to prove a point or disprove a point. You know, uh, I don't get that wrapped up in, in buy rates. I do think it's an interesting conversation regarding this pay-per-view specifically because it's a pay-per-view in the holiday season, and typically those buy rates are down. Do they get a spike because of the unification bout, that remains to be seen. But I do think we're looking at a pay-per-view that, aside from the unification bout, we got some interesting stuff, interesting matches that uh, 
you know, may shape next year and as we go into a historical year heading towards WrestleMania 30, uh, you got to figure there's going to be a lot of build. And, and do we continue to get a little more, you know, seeds planted heading towards WrestleMania season? And uh, we talked one about uh, one handicap match in tonight's pay-per-view. We have another handicap, uh, Daniel Bryant versus the Wyatts. And, and this this match is a little more intriguing to me than the the Punk handicap match for for the reason that you know Punk and the Shield it, it's a straightforward uh, I hate you you hate me we hate each other we're gonna fight the authority is is bullying putting three on one and yada 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 it's it's pretty straightforward storyline uh, storytelling it's um, you know the interesting thing there is the Shield and and do we see continue rifts within the Shield there's 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 a little bit more. Uh, in in Daniel Bryan versus the Wyatts, uh, a cult-like group, uh, a group that, you know, if not for the Shield's meteoric rise over the course of the year, uh, the Wyatts, a very unique faction. Maybe they win faction of the year, but a very unique, uh, different, well-done faction. Uh, their promos are, were something very different. Their vignettes uh, before they came were something that... Uh, had fans kind of on the edge of their seats. And uh, this is, uh, you know, whereas the Shield and CM Punk, the Shield just wants to beat down CM Punk. Uh, the Wyatts want Daniel Bryan to join him. He's got the beard. Uh, is that enough? And, and I got to give credit because if this happens, our friend, our, our uh, big time who's helped us a lot in booking guests, cameraman Carlos, who's, who's helped us out a lot on this show, uh, he, he said for a while that, that Daniel Bryan is going to be part of the Wyatts, and I'm going to have to give him credit if that's what winds up happening here tonight. I, I don't know if I can necessarily predict that, but it's been intriguing how things are building, and, and it's an interesting storyline because the Wyatts don't necessarily want to destroy Daniel Bryan. They want him in the fold. How does this play out, Dave? You know, this this, this storyline between, you know, Daniel Bryan and the Wyatts, this handicap match, has more substance than the Punk uh, Shield handicap match. I, I, the, the one thing that I like about it more than anything is the fact that I'm not going to be able to tell who's who's going to win. Um, the Wyatts are a fairly new crew in town. They've been trying to really build them up. <laughs> Having them with Daniel Bryan has given them somewhat of a rub. It would be good for them to get a win. But at the same time, the Internet, who gets another proverbial wrestling boner for another wrestler by the name of Daniel Bryan, who I like, by the way, and I like Punk, too, they will say that, you know, Daniel Bryan getting jobbed out again. So it's kind of tough to call. What would be interesting with this scenario is if Daniel Bryan somehow, I don't know if they'd do it tonight or if they would do it tomorrow on Raw, but somehow he had, he, if not necessarily the Wyatt's, to have him join, but something like them joining him and being allies of some sort, maybe to fight off the authority and the shield. And Daniel Bryan would have an ally in the Wyatts, and maybe you'd see a darker side of Daniel Bryan that the Wyatts had brought out of him so that you know he can fight off the authority and, and overcome the odds. I would like to see something like that. If that materializes after tonight or something like that starts tonight, then Stanford, you're definitely listening. But, however, 
I'm I'm really up in the air of like where this is going to go and 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 how it's going to play out um, because they seem to have the Wyatts in like a holding pattern position even with Daniel Bryan who is a top name in top storyline so and I mean I can't even make a prediction right now honestly I can't I I don't know I mean they can't all right let's put it this way if the Wyatts beat him and then he you know, they want him to join him, they're going to take him away and kidnap him, similar to what they did a few weeks ago. But when they kidnapped him, they just dropped him off in a parking lot. And, like, he came back and everything was fine. Like, there was a real acknowledgement, like, are you okay? What did they do to you? What did they say to you? How long did they have you hostage? They didn't do anything like that. So if they were to beat him and they want him to join, you would think that, they, that as their characters they would steal him and kidnap him again. And he would like be permanently with them, but I, I don't know how this whole thing's gonna play out. This is a complicated one, but it should be a fun match. I, I agree with you. I mean, this is a tough one to to peg down. I mean, you know, you, we do the predictions on the show, so you gotta you kind of suck it up, and it's like, all right, like pick one. But it's it's really one of those matches. It's like like flip a coin. I mean, you can you can make a case for both sides winning uh, storyline wise. I kind of like what you're saying. Like, do you? You kind of rather than turning Daniel Bryan heel, you turn the Wyatt's face and have them show up and just help him at, at some point. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things that we, we've we've never seen kind of a definitive line drawn, and as you said, you know, they kidnapped Kane. Kane came back and joined the Authority. We we've never really seen like exactly what did the Wyatts do to Kane that made him think, all right, now I have to join the authority. Like, where, where is that line there? Do we see, uh, uh, do we see something tonight where we have the, the Wyatts uh, reveal more of, like, what their master plan is or, or where, uh, you know, they're taking their orders? Do we get uh, uh, more of an idea of who this, this devil is? Or is, is it just Satan himself and we're not going to see the devil? Uh, uh, there's a lot of different directions this, this story can go in. And, and, like, we're talking about, you know, it's it's easy. You have two handicap matches on this card, and it's easy to look at both and like you know just kind of flippantly say, "Oh, two handicap matches." But one is very straightforward, and and it seems to to both of us that the, the purpose of that that the uh, Punk handicap match is to really start to continue to exacerbate the the cracks in in the Shield, uh, and it's pretty straightforward storylines. There's so many things swirling around this other handicap match, you know, and, and, and how does it end? I mean, does it, does it end just purely with, with a legit pin? I, I mean, when the internet and, and other fans get, get all bent out of shape, you know, you got to settle down sometimes. I don't think anyone, I don't think Punk or Brian, if they lose their matches tonight, you can say they're jobbing out. They're, they're in a handicap match. You know, and when you're in a handicap match, it's, it's, it's okay. You, you can lose that. When it's three-on-one, uh, you know, valiant effort and losing is, is okay. Um, I, to me, you know, it, it's tough. It's flipping a coin. I'm going to lean towards uh, the Wyatts winning this match. Uh, they're newer on the scene. They, they, it'll make a big splash beating Daniel Bryan. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious to see how it'll all play itself out. Um, I, I really have a difficult time, which... As, I, as I'm sitting here kind of stumbling over my words, I personally, and I think that's a good thing. I, I think it's a very good thing to have a, a match such as this where it's, 
it's really difficult to, to figure out where the storyline's going and where exactly they're going to go. Hopefully, you know, as a wrestling fan, whatever they do, uh, it, it's, it's entertaining and, and we like it and we want to see where it goes going into Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. But uh, for me, if I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick it, I'm, I'm going to say the Wyatts and Ali, uh, if you, if you, you're, you're still undecided, Dave, we can wait till the end. Um, I, I mean, I guess you could say that the, the better story would, to be honest with you, if looking back on it, the better story would be the Wyatts beating him. Because Daniel Bryan is, you know, a known underdog in wrestling. Listen, you can't have both Punk and Bryan overcome the odds in in a three-on-one handicap match. So somebody's got to lose. So I said Punk earlier. I'm going to go with the Wyatt in this one. All right. So it continues. We're both consistent with our our predictions. We are in a TLC pay-per-view pregame show. This is the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. We're going to take you right up to 8 o'clock for the pay-per-view. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking. Just to remind you guys, you got to get on the Facebook, and it's facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Get your votes in for our end-of-the-year awards. Our end-of-the-year awards coming up next Monday, not tomorrow night, next Monday. Uh, we'll go a full two hours and giving you our end-of-the-year awards. But they're from you. You guys are voting, so get on there. Get your ballots. Get your End of the year votes in, and, and the nominees, we're going to go over one more time, the nominees for our end of the year awards for Indie Promotion of the Year, House of Hardcore, BWO and CTWE, Independent Wrestler of the Year, Preacher, Steve Off, Ray Ray Mars, Female, Brie Bella, Gail Kim, AJ, for Pay-Per-View of the Year, WrestleMania 29, SummerSlam, Money in the Bank, Match of the Year, Cena versus CM Punk for Monday Night Raw in February. Gail Kim versus Taryn Terrell. Last knockout standing. Necro Butcher versus New Jack from uh, PWS WrestleMania weekend. And Triple H versus Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania 29. We got Manager of the Year. Paul Heyman, Zeb Coulter, and our own Mike Ferrara. <coughs> Up for Manager of the Year. Wrestler of the Year, Daniel Bryan, Bully Ray, Randy Orton, CM Punk, all up for Wrestler of the Year. And Tag Team of the Year, get on there. And I will tell you right now, this is one of the most hotly contested of all the categories. Get your votes in. But for Tag Team of the Year, Young Bucks, Goldust, Rollins and Reigns, and Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. So get your votes in on our Facebook page. We want to hear your voice heard for next week, our end-of-the-year awards. And it's real interesting, Dave, because as we go through this and, and, you know, we look at the tag teams, and as I said, that is a very hotly contested vote right now. Over the course of 2013, I think we're seeing the, the beginnings, or at least moving in a direction where other titles are mattering more. Uh, prestige is coming back to other belts. And, and that might not be... Uh, more true than any other category than the tag team championship belts. Uh, promises to be a real good match. The tag teams have, have stolen the show uh, a few times. Uh, tag team champions Cody Rhodes and Goldust versus Ryback and Curtis Axel versus Big Show and Rey Mysterio versus the Real Americans Jack Swagger and Antonio Cesaro. As you know, we started the show, the tag team scene in the WWE was weak at best. 
Uh, we've seen a resurgence. We've seen some successful teams. We've seen some great, great tag team wrestling. This match should not be any exception. This should be a very entertaining matchup. But in, in a resurgence, a resurgent era of tag team wrestling, uh, I am really looking forward to seeing what these teams can do in this matchup tonight. You know, the, the four-way concept's always fun and, you know, with the right guys, the right combination of guys, but I'm not a huge fan of this Ryback-Curtis-Axel team, number one. Um, I mean, unless, you know, it, it, I don't, I'm just not a big fan of it. I'm not going to go into it any further. I would have much rather seen the Real Americans against Goldust and Cody in a, in a tag team singles match personally um, because they've been working well with each other the last several times they've worked together. And this... Ray Mysterio Big Show team. Um, you know, I know that Ray was, you know, getting taunted by the Real Americans. He needed to find a partner. Big Show was around. I get it. But Big Show a month ago, for several they, they for several months they tried to build him as like the guy and one of the hottest stars. He was relevant again with the storyline with the authority and losing his house and crying like a big friggin' baby. You know, you know all that stuff. And then now he just you know they, they made him out to be such a big deal. He lost his title match last month and now he's just fallen into obscurity. He's just a regular guy on the roster. You made him out to be something so big. You put him in a tag team with Rey Mysterio. Like, I don't know if this was done because Ray's knee's not 100%, and they rushed him back too early, and they put him in there with Big Show. I don't get it. Um, like I said, Ryback and Axel, it's just not clicking for me. They both suck. I'll agree with Mike Ferrara. Ryback sucks, okay? I'm not a big Ryback fan anymore. I thought I was going to be a big Ryback fan, but they just, whatever. Oh, I shouldn't. You know what? Let me take that back. Ryback doesn't exactly suck. He's just not performing well in the positions that he's put in. And, if they kind of repackage him and Axel a little bit, maybe make them look like a tag team instead of just two guys that were thrown together, then I then I would have more faith in this team. But it should be a fun match, a lot of interesting combinations. You know, Rey Mysterio always works well with just about anybody. The interactions that Ryback and Big Show could have. I see Co I see Cody and Goldust walking out of this match with the title. I see a retention here. They 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 they're not doing anything wrong as champions as far as I'm concerned, and I think they'll move on to you know, bigger and better things uh, with themselves heading into uh, WrestleMania season in 2014. Yeah, I, I hope that's the case. I, I mean, you know, it's funny because I, I agree with you. And, and, and part of, like, when you look back on, on things that didn't work, uh, you know, in tag team wrestling were these, these mixed match, match teams where they just threw two guys together. And what's worked really well is, is the feeling of having, like, real teams in, in the tag team division. So the – the Big Show and Mysterio pairing is weird, and, I, and I'm really like, there's like, there's a, look, I, I'm predicting a retention as well. I'm really hoping that this is not something that they're going to put the belts on, on Big Show and Mysterio. I, I think that, I'm not going to say it undoes everything, but it undoes a lot of what's uh, happened in the tag division over the course of this year. So I, I would predict a, a retention. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a really fun match, a really athletic match, and you know, and, and why they should get the retention, I think this is going to be a really entertaining match, uh, primarily because of the champions. I think what those two are bringing out right now uh, is some really phenomenal tag team wrestling. Uh, very talented, the both of them. They, they work well with, with different styles. Uh, they, they, can, they can do a lot, and... 
you know, again, I know we we, we kind of say it a lot, but, you know, every time I, you know, it's one of those things where, like, every time I see gold dust, I'm sitting there like, I, I can't believe this guy is moving like that. And uh, they're just it's such a, a solid tag team. And as we keep talking about, you know, it's the, it's the end of the year. And, you know, it's not premature to start talking about what we're going to see in WrestleMania season. And if, you know, we've heard the rumors, and if we're going to head into a, perhaps a match between Cody and Goldust, and we're going to see a splitting of this team down the road, I think they need to continue to build the greatness of this team. And, and let them have a very strong run with those championship belts. Let them really elevate those belts. And I think the Shield kind of started it, and, and Goldust and, and Cody have kind of continued it. They really raised those belts to, to really matter right now. I mean, you honestly, and, and even going back, Dave, when we were fans growing up, you know, you would always say that, it, it was the, the, the WWE championship was, was the tops and then the IC title and then the tag title. Um, right now, you, you could argue that the, the tag belts, uh, if they unify the championships tonight, the tag belts are second right now as far as prestige, as far as, you know, what, what fans are looking at and, and the matches they're putting on prestige-wise. I, I would honestly put the tag team belts in, in second place right now. I would have to agree with you. I mean, um, they've had more um, title defenses and just tag team champions appearing on television than they have in such a long time. I mean, you can go back 10 years ago, and granted, they had two tag team champions, and you'd barely get one of those titles defended on a pay-per-view. you got one tag team champion, the belt's again defended practically on every pay-per-view. They're a part of the show all the time. They're not, you know, two guys. Yeah, granted, Goldust and Cody are two guys that were thrown together, but they're also brothers. They also have a history, and it works for the two of them. So they are, you could say, a, a, a legitimate tag team. They're two brothers, and it's been – they've really made the proper steps, at least in my opinion, in the right direction to really make tag team wrestling relevant. Even, even to the point where I was talking about last week on the show where they've taken, you know – Back in our day when we watched wrestling, especially tag team wrestling, there wouldn't be feuds over the belt. There might just be tag team feuds that were over, you know, God knows what. And it seems like they're doing that with uh, Brodus and Tenzai, Tons of Funk, and uh, Xavier Woods and R-Truth. And the rumor is they might have a match with them on pay-per-view tonight. So it goes to show, number one, that they listen over in Stanford. And number two, that they're really kind of blending some of the old school values of what tag team wrestling was back in the day with whatever WWE is trying to morph and form currently right now, which I think is working for a lot of wrestling fans, at least in my opinion. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it is totally working. And, you know, I, we grew up, like, watching a lot of great tag teams and, and that we might be moving into uh, another, you know, quote, golden era of tag team wrestling. And, you know, again, like, you know, yeah, it's a put-together tag team, but you bring up the point that they're brothers. And you know what? Aside from them being brothers, they, they function well as a team. So, you know, you could, you could put guys together. And, and you brought up, you know, we're talking about Axel and, and, and Ryback. I mean, you could throw two guys together, uh, but they got to really function well as a team. And that's what we're seeing. As much as, you know, this was a fabricated tag team, and, you know, but they're brothers – but they work so well in the genre of tag team wrestling that 
it works, and you kind of forget it. And then you have te- other teams that are legit teams. So I think when you look at this match tonight, it, it goes right at the top, and, and you don't always see that in wrestling. But I think right now in, in the WWE, the best tag team has the championship belt. Those guys are performing the best. They're putting the best matches on. And those are the guys. And you bring up a good point, Dave, that they, they're putting, you know, when, again, we were growing up and the IC title was like the workman's title. And, and we saw that that title defended often. Um, it's almost like the tag team championship has moved into that category. As, as I continue to state that if these the two top belts are unified, that this is, is second, that it's kind of filling that role of the IC title. As much as I think Dean Ambrose has brought a, a little bit of prestige back to the U.S. title, I think they've done a good job at at least starting to boost the IC title. But they are two championships where how often do you see those championships defended? Uh, Cody and Goldust have become workman champions. And, and pat on the back to the both of them because they, they've they've – spearheaded kind of the resurgence of tag team wrestling. And uh, uh, I'm happy because I, I love good tag team wrestling. So both of us right there, you know, we are both, we're all consistent right now on our predictions. We are predicting a, a retention right now for that, for that championship bout. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're going to go out to the phones. We got Justin on the line. Justin, are you there? Hi, can I miss you? I missed you, Justin. I am so glad you called tonight. Because did you hear the news? What that, news? Oh, see, I, the WWE is coming out with a straight-to-DVD movie where it's going to be WWE superstars helping to solve a mystery with Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo! Are you, are you serious? I am dead serious. Can you believe it? A movie coming out with the WWE and Scooby-Doo. Oh, my God. Great Scott. Great Scott, Nick Hen. I believe it. <laughs> Dave, I'm going to get you, man. <laughs> I knew. As soon as I heard that, Justin, I was like, this is news that Justin has got. I, I hope I get to give him this news, but uh, pretty exciting stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah. If, if if Shaggy were to meet John Cena, what would he say? My going, Fred. My going, Scoop. What happened to you? There you go. <laughs> You're still just a man. You do the best Shaggy impression, that, bar none, out of any I've ever heard. But uh, I'm glad we get to share that great news with you. We have uh, uh, TLC is on tonight. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear your prediction because we're finally, it seems like we're going to have one champion. So we got John Cena versus Randy Orton. Who do you think takes home the title tonight? I pick, my prediction is Randy Orton. You think Orton? Oh, yeah. He's he's like a viper. He is. Oh, oh yeah. I can't like him. I, lo- I love Randy Orton. He can beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> Damn. Oh, great. She's a ghost, that man. Are you going to watch the pay-per-view tonight? Oh, yeah. So, any other matches you're looking forward to? What about, um, 
What happened to John Cena? Is he wrestling? Is he wrestling? Well, John Cena's wrestling Randy Orton. Oh, good. Very good. Randy Orton's going to win that match. Hey, Ken, you know what? What? What's the good news? Good news is that we got a WWE pay-per-view tonight. I, you know, I know you're a big fan of AJ Lee. She's wrestling Natalia tonight. Who do you think is going to win that match? It's going to be AJ, 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 AJ Lee. AJ Lee, she's going to win. Oh, uh, you know what? And, and just so you know, at, at like the WWE superstars, AJ Lee is yes? also going to be in the Scooby Doo movie. AJ will be in the Scooby Doo movie. Yep. Oh my God, who's she playing? She's playing AJ Lee. Oh. Are you serious? <laughs> oh I'm my serious. I'm going to freak out right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening in this country, folks? Hey, Ken, you know what? What? You, do you love Edge? I, I do. I'm a big fan of Edge. I, I, I hope at some point, you know, I hope going forward, and, and we, we've touched on it a little bit, but... Uh, Going into next year, it being WrestleMania 30, a big one, I hope in some way, shape, or form he's a part of that event. Oh, yeah. Hey, All right. Well, Justin, thanks for the call. I'm glad we got to share that good news with the uh, Scooby-Doo movie. That'll be coming out at some point next year. I know uh, John Cena, A.J. Lee are, are both supposed to be in the movie, along with uh, Scooby and Shaggy and Fred and the gang. So, uh Oh, I love those. Is Dave an Edge fan too? What was that? Does Dave love Scooby Doo? Uh, Dave, do you love Scooby Doo? Yeah, Scooby Doo's the man. You yeah, you got that right. Yeah. Oh, Scooby Doo yeah. and Scooby Snacks too. Oh, are you serious? No, I'm dead serious. Oh, I thank love me Scooby Snacks. <laughs> You, you know, Justin, if you see, once the movie comes out, we're going to have to do a show where you're going to have to review the movie for us. Me? Yes. Oh, thank you, Ken. I want to meet you. I want to meet you in person. So bad. Hey, Justin, enjoy the pay-per-view tonight. Thanks a lot for the call. And, uh, you know, we got our show on tomorrow night and then next Monday, so uh, give us a call. Sure, Ken. All right, talk to you later, man. Take care. Thank care, Ken. And hey, uh, Justin, man, uh, excited. You know, he's a big wrestling fan as well as Scooby-Doo. That's got to be one of those things that uh, worlds are colliding. I think, you know, he seemed pretty excited. If Edge was actually in the movie, I think his head would have exploded. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, between Scooby-Doo and Edge, oh, yeah, it would have been a, a smorgasbord for Justin. <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, he's he's giving us, he's thinking Randy Orton's going to win that match. Uh as we were talking before about belts being uh, prestigious and, uh, you know, the, the tag team belt has just definitely been elevated um, slowly, but I think we, we've seen uh, the IC championship moving up a little bit in prestige. Um, I, 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 I like what they've been doing with the uh, Biggie Langston. I, I think there's a... Uh, you know, his character's got some legs, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, his run as IC champ. Uh, he's, he's, you know, for a guy his size, he's a lot quicker than you would think. Uh, I'm looking forward to this being a, a very entertaining 
match tonight with Damian Sandow, but ultimately for me, I, I think we see another retention here. I'm going to continue the love fest with you because I will have to agree with you. I mean, Damian Sandow's kind of fallen into obscurity since he cashed in the Money in the Bank contract and had that awesome match with John Cena. Um, and he's, you know, the, it's a guy that a lot of people want to see move up further, and he seems to have shown more of an aggressive side. At the same time, Langston is a he's, it's no secret he's a he's a friend of John Cena's, and that's why he's in the position that he's in. Excuse me. Just not only for that, but his skill alone. So I think they got a lot of focus. They're putting on Langston, trying to build him up. So I see another Langston win for for a tonight. Um, I don't match wise. It should be solid. I mean, both guys are good in the ring. Um, they're not terrible, but they're not you know um, you know uh, uh, must see TV so to speak. So let's hope that the match blows us away. Yeah, I mean it's funny with this. That I guess what I'm more curious about right now is the Big E Langston Mark Henry relationship and I don't know if we'll see anything tonight I, I do think at some point we, we may see an implosion in that relationship and it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Mark Henry wants to help uh, put a guy like Big E over uh, especially towards the end of Henry's career so I'm curious to see where that relationship goes over the next month or few months uh, but I don't think we're going to see anything like that I don't think we're going to see any uh, warning signs, so to speak, tonight. I think we'll see a good match. I think, uh, you know, I think Sandow's in a holding pattern. I expect big things out of Sandow going forward, uh, just not tonight. Uh, I think we're going to see a, a, a pretty decent match, uh, but ultimately we're going to see Big E Langston come out on top. What do you guys think? Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We got one more match we need to talk about. You know, but we're going we're gonna to kind of change things up a little bit. We usually do this later in the show, but we're going to do it now and parlay it into our final conversation. But once a month we do this, here we go. The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. this on our show uh you know we do it once a month now on our pay-per-view shows we 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 grab something that kind of you know you sit there you nod yourself you're like yeah that worked that really worked and that that gets our nod of approval it could be anything it could be a wrestler it could be a moment could be a move it could be anything but we give that our nod of approval and uh this week dave what gets your nod of approval well, in, in, in wrestling, and in particular in WWE in recent years, you always hear the, the very cliche, this is the first time, or this is the last time, or, you know, of, of a match, or, or a stipulation, or whatever. And the, the, the nod of approval for me goes to, goes to the, the closing segment on Monday Night Raw, the Ascension Ceremony, um, where you had 20 former world and WWE champions in there with the, the two guys who are going to be competing in tonight's main event, um, you know, Triple H, or sorry, John Cena and uh, Randy Orton. And what I liked about it was, you know, the, the, the different breed of guys that were in there. I mean, you saw they were right on the money with everybody that was in there that works for the company. Um, so I thought it was pretty cool that they had this ceremony and they tried to really build the history of both championships leading into tonight's pay-per-view and the main event. Um, I mean, th- there's so many things to love about it. The, 
the Seattle crowd hijacked Triple H's promo. He couldn't even talk for two minutes. It was Daniel Bryan and yes, yes, yes. And to me, that's a testament to what, you know, the, granted, it was in his home state, but he is over everywhere. And it was, it was more so because he was in his home state, but he also won a lot of slammies that night. He was the man, you know, and, and, and it really, for a lot of wrestling fans, they felt vindicated. And just the look on Brian's face, he was eating it up, too, and I thought it was great. Um, and the, uh, the, the promo by John Cena, very passionate. I, I enjoyed it. He's been on the money with his mic work lately. But the, the closing segment of that scene, when it started out with Orton shrugging, you know, pushing Punk, Punk attacking Orton, Triple H going after Punk, Punk going after Triple H, Michael super kicking Punk to get the knee in the face from Daniel Bryan, KO by Orton for Orton to hit Stephanie McMahon. Man, I think I got that whole secrets right now. I'm out of breath. But anyhow, I, I mean, it led to so many things. It was like, oh, he did this. Oh, he's doing that. Oh, that guy. You know, it, it made you feel like you saw something big because in wrestling, you don't see a whole lot of that nowadays. It, everything just kind of seems blended together the same. It made you feel like you saw something that's going to really come to a head further down the line, especially going into WrestleMania season. I mean, there's been rumors even before the, the, the Ascension Ceremony on Monday night, that we were going to see a Shawn Michaels-Daniel Bryan match. I mean, we saw little shades of, of the two of them interacting with each other, you know, before the Ascension Ceremony segment, and then with the, with the, the running knee to Michaels' face. I mean, he sold it really well. The stuff with Punk and Randy Orton, there's a rumor that they might go for the title, or Punk and Triple H. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different seeds that they planted and got people interested in everything. The whole crowd was into it. I just loved it in general. It made you feel like you hadn't seen something like this before, at least in my opinion, with all the chaos that took place, the names that were in that ring. It made the championship... You know, the two championships in tonight's main event feel more important, and a lot of people have felt that those titles have been devalued over the past few years. But, you know, the past 12 years has been about Randy Orton and John Cena, and they both dominated the main event scene and both held, you know, those championships respectively. So it makes sense that they are in the position they are in, and the names surrounding it, I mean, it was just overall it was just a hot segment. The crowd was hot. I loved every part of it from start to finish. And as a matter of fact, when I watched the segment and the Raw was over, I rewound the DVR to watch it again because I thought it was good. I, I, it was good television, and it made you go into a pay-per-view. If you weren't, if you weren't hooked on buying the pay-per-view tonight, I think a good majority of wrestling fans, WWE fans, who saw that segment on Monday night were like, oh, wow, like, we, we, need, to, you know, we need to go check this out. We need to order the pay-per-view Sunday. I, that's what I think. That's what gets my nod. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny because I, I totally agree with you, and I think that it was, you know, I, it's funny because I didn't watch the, the segment again, but generally I watch SmackDown on DVR, and I'll fast-forward through recaps, and when they recapped that, I actually sat and watched it because I, I thought it was so good. I, I thought everything about the end of Raw was well done. And my nod of approval, uh, essentially it, it's, it's kind of the same thing, except it's a little more specific. My nod of approval is going to John Cena – for the promo he cut Monday night. I, I thought it was a phenomenal promo. I, I thought it illustrated how John Cena can cut a promo and get some undue criticism uh, as far as his promo work. He can cut a promo. It's just bad when he decides to be goofy. Now, wh whether it's creative making that decision or him, who knows? But when John Cena is playing intense Cena, uh, he can cut a decent promo, and I thought that Monday night was one of the best promos he ever cut. Um, I thought he was brilliant by using 
Daniel Bryan and, and the, the, the law that Daniel Bryan was getting from the crowd that night, that to go over there and kind of encourage the crowd to chant for him, they didn't chant over John Cena when he continued his promo. It, it, was, it was a brilliant way for, for John Cena to, well, I'm not going to fight this momentum, so I'm going to use it. Uh, I, I thought that worked really well. Um, I, I liked the way he referenced uh, Daniel Bryan, saying he would get a, a title shot uh, if he were to win. Uh, he, he gave a, a rub to Dolph Ziggler, uh, and, and he called out some stuff. You know, we're all like, you know, it's 2013. We're all wrestling fans. We're all like, it's the information age. We're on the, the Internet, and, uh, you know, you hear stories about Orton behind the scenes and having issues and stuff, and... Uh, you know, John Cena did a nice job at blurring the lines and, uh, you know, calling Randy Orton out for some of his backstage issues. Uh, I thought that all worked well. It was something that I, I totally agree with you, Dave, that whether it's the whole segment or just Cena's promo. But if you were, look, if you were hell-bent on not ordering the pay-per-view, then, yeah, you're probably not going to order it. But if you were kind of undecided, you know, eh, I don't know if I'm going to, eh, you know, like, that, that last sequence and, and John Cena's promo, to me, would get you, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to order it. I want, I want to see what happens. I thought John Cena did a nice job at elevating things um, to make it seem like you're, you're going to see something special. And that at that moment, you were seeing something special. It was, it was pointed. It was intense. It, it called Randy Orton out. Um, and he was able to work an already hot crowd. Uh, I just thought, you know, it, with way John Cena conducted himself in that promo, it was something uh, very special and something that he should he should get a lot of credit for. You know, he gets a lot of blame, and, and, and some of it deserved, some of it not so much deserved. Uh, but, you know, a guy like him, you know, you don't become the face of the biggest wrestling company on the planet by accident. And Monday night, you kind of saw that this guy's got uh, some talent on the stick. I thought it was a, a great promo, one of John Cena's best, and he did a lot to put over he, to put over the, the championship match, to put over the rivalry with Randy Orton, and to put up how put over how important this was. And uh, so I give a lot of credit for John Cena for his promo. And there you have it, both of us. You know, we're, we're buying into the drama here. Uh, the end of Raw segment as a whole for Dave, me, John Cena's promo, but there you have our nods of approval this week. The Ken Reedy Show, nod of approval. And even as we end that segment, we can continue talking about it because I don't think you can... You can overstate how important uh, that segment was at the end of Raw and, and how seeds were planted and, and even just how it was, it was played out at the end where, you know, I think you kind of, you have the Ascension Ceremony, you have John Cena's promo, you have all that greatness in the ring, which definitely helped to put over um, this championship match. And then as you, and, and Dave, I do believe you got the sequence uh, 100% correct. Um, you know, it kind of put out there, you know, what are we going to see tonight? Uh, you know, who could get, who could interfere in this match? Who might stick their nose in? You know, you get a lot of uh, crisscrossing as far as rivalries and, and people hitting other people. And, and Stephanie gets hit. And 
As we stated earlier, I, I'm, I wouldn't bet the farm ever on a John Cena heel turn. However, it was an interesting tableau to see John Cena posing there with the authority. Um, I, I thought that was at least intriguing. It was an interesting hint. I don't see it happening, but it, it was just at least interesting. Uh, the guy who legitimately, definitively has been the face of the WWE standing there with the authority to end Monday Night Raw. Um, it's one of those few things that, you know, we do this, Dave, and we, we, we try to stay positive, but we, we point out things when we think it's not working. And it'd be hard-pressed for me if, if I had to stand here and, and really criticize. If you told me find something wrong, I, it, I'd have a difficult time finding something wrong with that last segment on, on Raw. Uh, it, it, it would have to, you know, if I'm grading it, it, like that segment would have to get, you know, 100%. I think everything worked. Uh, in the melee at the end, the way they, they played it out, I, I, I just thought everything was brilliant and really got me more excited for this paper than I was before. And that's what you want out of a go-home show. We haven't seen that on a consistent basis as of late. Monday Night Raw did that. Monday Night Raw got wrestling fans excited for, for this pay-per-view. And uh, this is just its a historical match. And, and for a December pay-per-view, Dave, it seems like we're going to see something special tonight. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more as far as that segment goes. It was, a, he's like you said, grading A-plus, top to bottom, all around. Um, what, you know, I wanted to bring something up about that segment that I didn't, get the chance to bring up, and you kind of alluded to it with the, the image of Cena standing with the authority, you know, and Mike Ferrara brought up a heel turn. I don't see a heel turn, but what would not surprise me in the least bit is if you saw tonight Triple H helping John Cena win without Cena wanting the help, but getting the help, so to speak, and then, of course, everyone would be like, oh, they're going to turn John Cena heel. Everyone's going to, you know, on the Internet's going to get all crazy for it. But it would more or less be like Cena doesn't want the help, and the locker room starts to question John Cena if he's really the good guy that he says he is, or is he this bad guy that this majority of the audience has hated on for so many years because – Triple H has been helping him and helped him win the, the undisputed champion of champions unification collaboration uh, championship, whatever you want, to, whatever they're going to call it. It, 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 it will, Cena's very good with like, I'm not saying he's a good actor, but he's very good when it comes to acting with like a moral dilemma and he'll have a moral dilemma on his hands. If he gets help from the COO and the bosses to keep the title, and but the locker room's going to question him and his allegiances towards WWE. And if you love WWE so much, then you'd hand the. I think it would make for a good storyline if Hunter helped him win, and said, "You know what, Brandy's not it anymore. John's what's best for business," and but Cena don't want it. And I thought when I saw that image on Monday night and then I replayed it and watched it again and, you know, the look on Orton's face, I'm like, I didn't think they were turning Cena heel, but I think that's where they might go if they decide that John Cena is going to win tonight's matchup. Um, but for the, as far as the importance of the championship, Cena's promo definitely helped with that. And um, just the video packages itself, 
um, have, have have showed you know over the past few weeks on TV, you know the 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 importance of of the championships of both titles, or at least trying to make them important. The history between both guys. I said it on last week's show or the week before. These guys have had nine pay per view matches, singles matches in seven years against each other, and they've and they've all been for championships. Yeah, every single one has been for a championship. They've had heated rivalries with each other, and they've been they have a history with each other, and they've been the two most dominant guys. It's either been Cena or Orton that has dominated the main event scene since 2005, starting with John Cena. So it makes sense, and the importance of the title, and they keep hammering home the unification, and 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 there will be one champion at the end of the night. I really hope that they, that that they come through on their promise um, with with this, and don't come up with some sort of screwy finish. That's not going to make sense, but. As far as, you know, like you said, the segment and overall the go-home edition of Raw, you don't see too many go-home editions of Raw anymore in the past several years that have really gotten you interested for a pay-per-view, but Monday nights was definitely a home run in my opinion. Yeah, and you brought up a good point. I mean, I, I think everything is – now I just got to deliver on the match and the outcome. I think they've done a real good job with, with everything uh, leading into this. But, you know, the, uh, the video packages you brought up, uh, you know – the championship video packages have been great, but I actually, I really enjoyed the video packages uh, showing the, the careers of, of Randy and John. I, I thought that video package was great, and seeing, uh, you know, the, the John Cena uh, confronting Kurt Angle and, uh, you know, looking at the evolution of both those guys. Uh, you know, and the WWE does a really nice job with their video packages, so they've for for a December pay per view, as, as we talked a little bit about, you know, buy rates usually down. I, I think they've done a real good job at setting this up. Now the the thing is, you, you do all this setup, you, you do all the right things. As as we're saying, you know, Dave said uh, an A plus. I said a hundred percent. So you you do this great end of Raw segment. You read. You really have all your ducks in a row to that storyline wise, where it, it's all working. Everything's working. The, the 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 promos are working. The segments are working. The storylines working. And as we said, I don't care what anyone out there says. You're going to have a unification match. These are the two right guys. They are the two right guys to be in this match. This, whether you want to believe it or not, this era of wrestling. Those are the two guys. This era is defined by Randy Orton and John Cena. Those are the two guys. That should be in the unification match. So everything surrounding this match right now, they have done the right thing. Now the question is, do they deliver on the match? Now it's time. Now it's put up or shut up. And, and Dave, you know, you kind of alluded to it, but, you know, the, the, the idea of there being a screwy finish, you know, they could, have, they could have changed the language a bit. They could have changed the, their promos a bit. They could have, you know, backed off a, a bit. But they have been banging the point home over and over and over again. Everybody from, from Triple H to, to Cena to Orton to the commentators, that there is going to be one champion. If they do not have a one definitive champion tonight, it's going to take something pretty incredible uh, to happen tonight to get fans to, to be okay with that because they're, they're really promising us that one champion, and I'm really hoping they deliver on that promise. Yeah. 
Like I said earlier, if, if, if they do some sort of screwy finish, it better be out of left field. It better be something good that makes sense. It's going to lead to something bigger and better. Um, like you said, hammering home the point. That's all they've been talking about, all they've been bringing up. And if you go back and you watch some of Monday's segment, um, you watch Daniel Bryan um, in particular. You know, he was the hometown boy, popular with the audience, but in Cena's promo. Like you said, he kind of pandered to Daniel Bryan a little bit and fed off of that energy and kept going with it, and the crowd was behind him. But the other thing that he did as well was that he told Daniel Bryan, if I win – you're going to get a fair rematch. What's interesting about that is, is that the week prior, Daniel Bryan was on SmackDown challenging Randy Orton for the WWE title or wanting a title shot after the unification match. So I wonder if Daniel Bryan's going to have some sort of involvement in the finish of tonight's match. Maybe he helped Cena. Maybe he tries to help Cena and screws up and Orton wins the title. Who knows? But... I have a, there's a strong possibility we might see a Daniel Bryan appearance uh, during this championship match, which the Internet, I'll, I'll go on record and say it right now because I know the people on the Internet are going to listen to this, and you may not like me for saying this because I'm going to call you out on it, but I bet you if Daniel Bryan showed up in this match and caused an interference and a screwy finish, you guys would have thought it was wrestling gold. <laughs> uh, oh, the IWC. Just to let you guys know a little bit of breaking news from uh, – a bit of a distraction from uh, Summer Fandango comes out victorious over Dolph Ziggler. Poor Dolph. No! <laughs> poor, poor Dolph. So as you know, as the love fest continues with our predictions, we got our first one wrong of the night. Both of us picked Dolph Ziggler in uh, the pre-show match, so... Go figure. This is not good for the night. If we lost the pre-show match prediction, I'll never forget, man. There was. A, I wish I, I. I'd have to look back on like which WrestleMania it was, but we, I used to have a group of friends and we'd get together, uh, you know, and at a friend's house we'd watch WrestleMania. And one year we decided to bet a shot on every match. <laughs> and no joke. I got every match wrong. <laughs> Drunkamania was running around that night, huh? Oh my god, it was bad. I mean, I don't. I I remember like I I didn't. I was passing out during like the final match. Actually, that's, I think I may have gotten the the main event right, but <laughs> that was it. You did a shot anyway because you were drunk. <laughs> That was not a, so we're not doing that anymore. We're just giving our predictions, but we've got the first one wrong. Uh, we're talking TLC. We're talking, and it's interesting because it's TLC, and the, this championship match is a TLC matchup. Um, you know, as we're looking into the unification match, and uh, it's interesting because the, the, this match has definitely got the notoriety and, and the the oomph and pizzazz of a a main event, and and we're hoping that they deliver. And, and I agree with you, Dave. You know, everything. It's funny how, how wrestling fans are, you know, and if it's if if Triple H comes out and does something, then the Internet is going to crap all over it. If Daniel Bryan come out, comes out and does the exact same thing, it's going to be gold. So it's, you know, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. As we talk about it, and, and we kind of, you know, Dave and I are the same mindset. As, as long as it sounds storytelling, and, and that's really what I want to see is sound storytelling, uh, out of this match. I, I do think, you know, I mean, it's wrestling, storytelling, and I get it. 
Um, but it is an important match as far as fans go because this is this is going to shape uh, the rest of this year and probably how the WrestleMania season is going to play out. So it is an important match going forward. Um, and in referencing other matches we were trying to predict, the, the thing that makes this match really entertaining is you could really make the case for either guy. And as a wrestling fan, to try and predict a match like this and not really – be sure which way to go. That's great as as a wrestling fan. So I don't know. I, I you know I go with the well. Orton could use it more, but John Cena has been the man, and John Cena was there with the authority. Uh, but Randy Orton has been the face for the authority, and you know Daniel Bryan is is really popular, and Cena offered him a, a title shot, but. Is the authority going to even let it tie? So there's all these stuff wrapped up in this. But if it guns to my head, and I'm telling you, it's like a like 51-49 percentage as far as like who I think is going to win this match. But I am going to go with John Cena coming out as as the undisputed champion. Your thoughts, Dave? And that's where the love fest between you and I ends, because I'm going to have to go with Randy Orton. They've been really driving the point home, especially by John Cena, how Orton has not earned anything in WWE, how he has been the, the, the given everything by Triple H, by management, how he, you know, just overall has been a spoiled guy over the last 12 years and how he has all the talent in the world, but he screws it up. I think it's going to be, you know, game day for him, big time. You've got to do it. You've got to get it done, and you've got to be the man at the end of the day, and that's, I think he's going to do it. I think he's, Cena doesn't need this in my opinion. I, Orton comes on TV and says, I'm the most recognizable name in any era or, you know, past or present. Well, by winning this, I think he, you could lay claim to an argument that he could be one of those most recognizable names, but it just adds more heat to his heel persona. I think he's going to come out on top and win this, somehow find a way. He's going to be one of those sneaky, you know, just barely get, you know, the, a win kind of champion. And I think it's going to help him go. I think it's going to make him look strong heading into next year and what they got planned for him for WrestleMania. Um, I think the whole, uh, you know, the, on the promo on Friday night between him and Hunter, where Hunter said that you'll find out where my faith lies at SummerSlam, at, uh, SummerSlam, at TLC, I think we're going to find that out tonight. I think it's going to be in Randy Orton. I think the whole point of the, the promo was just that he's going to have to earn this one to be champion, and I think he will eventually. I think I think you'll see a darker Randy Orton in this match that's going to solidify what Cena's been saying about him for a while, or is that he needs to earn it. He needs to not get handed everything, and he'll be the man. And I think that's going to happen tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to have to go with Randy Orton on this one. See, and it's funny because I agree with everything you said. Uh, it's just, you know, <laughs> I do. It's just, it's so, it's, it's difficult. Like, like I said, it's, it's really, I, I just as easily could have picked Orton. Um, I just, my gut is telling me John Cena right now, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not like Orton would shock me. I, I think either guy works. And, uh, again, I'm really just rooting for sound storytelling and, and I'm really hoping that, you know, I, as much as I, I may have predicted that beforehand, I really don't want to see a scenario where both guys are uh, there with a belt. I, I, I do think, like, I don't mind screwy finishes. I don't mind interference. But I do think you, you, 
it's a disservice to wrestling fans if you don't have a unified champion coming at it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You, you you guarantee one company, one champion. You better you better deliver on that guarantee. But like I said to you twice in this show, it better be storyline wise something good that's gonna that, that that could set that apart. In my opinion, I totally agree with you. And we're about we're less than one minute out. TLC, you guys enjoy the pay per view. Tonight, remember, we are going to be back tomorrow night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock, our normal time slot. We'll be there. We'll be previewing Monday Night Raw. And, you know, as we talked about tonight's pay-per-view, obviously there's going to be, to me, there's got to be a lot to react to as far as the TLC pay-per-view. So reaction uh, for tonight and previewing Monday Night Raw. Remember, votes are going to end for our end-of-the-year awards tomorrow after Raw. Get your ballots in. We'll have our special end-of-year show. we we'll give out awards, talk about the year in general on, Jan- on December 23rd. That's a week from tomorrow night, so get ready for that. You guys enjoy the paper. Thank you so much for listening in tonight, and your calls were awesome. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. For Dave, I am Ken. Have a good evening. Take care, everybody.